the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader. 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black in your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, much more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can always drop me an email as well. 800-516-1220. Email is rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Got an awkward and odd email from a guy named Curtis. He goes, you referred to me by a friend in hopes you can help me with my probate assistance. I need a probate attorney. In recent events, my mother-in-law and father-in-law passed away. The house my wife currently lives in is under her parents' name. We are uncertain if there is a will and not sure how to go about things. We are hoping if you can assist or recommend someone that can help us. Um, yeah. That's not the best time to be doing planning, is it? After someone dies... The show is about getting you to the point where you plan before someone dies. I was uh, visiting a friend this weekend, and they went way out of their way to make it clear to me, like, hey, we couldn't afford to live here if my parents didn't let us. And we basically took on their mortgage. Sometimes that's not the best thing to do. Financially speaking, sometimes it's not the best thing to do. In fact, you can ultimately hurt yourself with taxes and with things along those lines of probate issues that can come from nowhere to bite you in your hiney to be a super big and steep cost. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. It's 800-516-1220. Certainly, we're going to be focusing on 2014 as the year 2013 is winding down. I don't think that's too big of a shock of a concept for any of you out there. Take a quick look at the market numbers for today. SP 500 is down three. Dow's down one. NASDAQ's down eight. December's not turning out to be the ho, 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 ho of the month. Who cares? We've had a good year, and I certainly think all of you could appreciate we've had a good year. Ten year Treasury bonds, it's down fractions. Europe. And the euro sits down. Crude oil slightly higher. There's a story out there today. You know, it's depending on how much Mexico. They've opened up their oil fields to outside investors, to outside companies to come in and help. Depending on how much oil they're able to figure out and pull out and get out. Again, we're just awash with oil and energy in the United States. Um, all sorts of the petrol product, um, including things like butane. 
which some people actually heat their homes with, which I'm not going to get into because I could hear the radio dials already starting to click into a different direction, right? Um, one of the more interesting stories to me today was AT&T is selling its Connecticut wireline business to Frontier for $2 billion. The wireline business. Now, I get that there's some business to be had for business in the wireline industry. I can't grasp the concept of a wired phone anymore. I remember I used to have one. Very similar to the way I remember my parents had a black and white television when I was growing up in the kitchen. And what was cool about it was it was in the kitchen and it was relatively portable. So doesn't that sound like, where are you going? Like, I know how fast technology changes and embeds. So to me to see AT&T getting out of the wireline business, I remember, you know, Sundays were the cheapest days to call grandparents. And we would have to wait, almost freakishly wait, with bated breath. Like Literally, I had a hook and a worm in my mouth. Wait incredibly long for that Sunday to roll around to call Grandma. I know you're saying, boy, you're a sissy. You love Grandma that much? Yes, I did. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. There's not a lot of great stories out there today. There's some, you know, online holiday shopping stays strong while stores lag. That looks like my household, right? Does that look like your household? With Christmas nine days away, consumers have completed 44% of shopping behind where they should be, but I don't know. Something tells me I'm going to get all my shopping done on a phone, you know, when I'm told this is the last day to do your shopping if you want to get your gifts. Right? Are you with me? Amazon unveiled an interest-free installment plan that lets shoppers buy one of its Kindle Fire HD tablets over nine months. Walmart, the world's largest retailer, launched a new series of online sales this uh, week called Gold Monday. Ooh! <laughs> it's not sexy, is it, right? I don't know. At least I feel this way. It's been an interesting year in technology. What do I mean by that? Um, you know, end of the year, you tend to do these end of the year stories. And one of the end of the year stories is how did tech do this year? Then NSA got exposed for confidential documents being leaked by Edward Snowden. Um, I think it's become part of our greater consciousness about privacy issues. Look, I'm freaked out to share information with friends and family that I don't find relevant. I think you overshare on Facebook. You know who I'm talking about. Google, Facebook, Apple, Twitter, Microsoft, all basically forked over our information of government. Which is okay. I'm not like government's coming with a tank to run me over. I'm not living in fear of the government. But I am living in fear of you getting too much information about me that you don't really want or need, thus making me fringe. Twitter IPO has been big this year. I think that stock continues to go higher in the next couple of years. They don't have competition. You could say a lot about it being overpriced, but they and my, they and Facebook have no competition. 
It's been a year in tech where we got the Google barge where we don't really know what the hell it is. We know that there's a barge. Is it a floating data center? Is it Google Glass eyewear fun playland? Is it a place that they can take customers? Is it a place where, you know, you can go learn about new technology? Uh, Bitcoin's had a boom this year. It's not backed by anything, so I have a problem with that. I think Bitcoin ends badly, but Tulip Mania ended badly. But tulips once were going for thousands and thousands of dollars. A tulip, a flower. Valuations have really picked up this year and started to stretch onto the higher end. So Wall Street's looking a little more expensive. It's interesting to note that we're stretching this valuation, you know? And now we're starting to pick up jobs, and we're starting to pick up our economy a little bit. And a lot of people think, okay, this is our next leg up. I mostly agree. But keep in mind, valuations are stiff at this point in time. They don't have a lot of room to go on the upside without additional revenue or additional earnings. BlackBerry's had an awful year. That's a business that they want to see the year end badly. Like, end it, end it. Dell went private. Microsoft has reorganized big time this year. So it's been a pretty big year. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll take a break here. Come back, talk to the markets and more. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Weigh inflation data and look forward to a meeting of the Federal Reserve. Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Inflation is a bad word. We're not allowed to say it. It's a lot like the N-word. It's not socially acceptable. People don't like it. In the world of finance, it's kind of ridiculous, right? But it is a big problem. Cost of living, inflation. Cost of living in the United States was unchanged in the month of November from a month earlier. No change in consumer price index. Core inflation is still running very low. Uh, to get clothes, it's cheaper. Uh, they're offering bigger discounts to try to get you into the store, so there's not inflation there. Energy prices a little bit lower. Gasoline prices, food costs slightly higher. Automobile prices decline slightly as they're discounting at the end of the year. Long story short, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of inflation unless you live in select areas where there is a lot of inflation, unless you have kids going to college and you're like, whoa, there's a lot of inflation. There's a lot of rental inflation. There's no wage inflation. Ooh, that's an example when inflation's a good word. Your wages inflated year over year. Sweet, right? Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and much, 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 much more. 
Um, SP 500 is down three. The Dow's up six. The Nasdaq down six. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. That CFP Chad Burton. I recently saw a new study out that teachers are no longer teaching cursive. They're now teaching typing in second and third and fourth grades, in large part because cursive is going the way of the dodo bird and computers. That shocks me. Earlier in my life, I would have said that would never have happened. Like, cursive will be here forever. It's part of the mainstream. But the more things change, the more they actually do change. CFP Chad Burton, is there any truth to that statement, the more things change? Like, we, just, we have to stay on our toes as investors. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay on our toes with money. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, a big shift that's, that's happened, um, gosh, when I first got in the business, Rob, we used to have to wait quarterly for the Morningstar reports to get fund, rec- to, to look at fund reviews. Yep. And we would get the pamphlet in the mail on a quarterly basis and, you know, have to read every page. It wasn't going online and searching for the tickle, ticker symbol. Um, and then, you know, back when asset allocation kind of started, it was, you know, 10% international. Now it's more like a younger, more aggressive person would want 20 to 30% international exposure minimum just because the world is becoming so global. Um, and then 2008 and nine, when the market corrected drastically, that's one year where asset allocation because of the debt crisis where there wasn't really a cushion. Everything just sold off and went off a cliff for a short period of time. The one thing that stays true through that whole period of time is that when you get rewarded, it's typically when you're doing opposite of what the masses are doing. Right. So when your emotions tell you to sell and you're scared and all your friends are selling, you should actually think more rationally in terms of there's going to be value so soon. So get your shopping list ready. Um, there is more volatility in the market, but that whole idea of buy when other people are fearful still stays the same. It's interesting because when I got in the industry, there was something called a Quotron. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> They're like these big walkie-talkies that would get stock quotes yeah. through, through radio waves, like pre-internet. Right. Pre-internet, and that's you know otherwise you had to wait till the next day to see where the stock market closed um, in the newspaper, which is pretty darn weird. Um, because there's now too much information. So anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is like things changed, Dad. I remember in the 1990s saying Tyco's a great company. You know, Bear Stearns, they'll never go out of business. Lehman Brothers have been around for 100 years. You could invest in some Lehman. Um, but some of these maxims or some of these thoughts will kill you. And again, it's great to have things that you believe in, but you have to be flexible. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people, too, believe in the the financials, you know, need to lead the markets. Well, when financials are done and everybody's finished refinancing their mortgage, which has caused a big, you know, revenue boost to a lot of financial companies, where's their revenue going to come from if we're going to be at very low interest rates for a long period of time like Japan has been? Now you're killing me because I believe financials have to lead the market. I know. We'll see. Will that change? Will financials be as profitable if they're just strictly in the banking business? I'm not talking about the investment banking side because we might get more of a separation and regulation in that front. So the traditional banks that take deposits and then lend money, at these low rates, how are they going to grow revenues like they have in the past if people stop refinancing their mortgages and that whole wave ends? That's, that's what we're going to have to find out. What will be the next market leader? Okay. So any final concepts you have about like revisiting some of your notions? Like, I kinda, I, the one that I get tired of is hearing people on radio say buy and hold is like buy and hope or it's dead. I think you can accumulate assets. I, I really still think you can accumulate. I think you can hold companies like Visa for 100 years, probably. 
Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you always have to probably. But you, you act, you know, yeah, Ford can come in and change the way people do transactions. There's no doubt about that. But do I think Visa would adapt with it? Sure. I think they're one of those, you know, beasts in the jungle who can evolve, um, where some companies can't evolve. Yeah, but at the same time, a lot of companies, like, look at Target and their red card. They come up with their own debit card. It gives you 5% on everything you buy. So why would you use your Visa when you can get your own Target card if you're going to shop at Target? So things can change. It's one of the things you always have to look at is, is well that target card does the transactions through visa's payment network that's why you buy visa they're a payment network not a credit card it's a debit card it goes right to your bank account okay the debit card <laughs> so debit card uh, transactions count too yeah that's not as profitable but yeah things things do change and that's why you can't stuff yourself in a box in terms of investor because there's investors and there's firms out there that say all we do is index investing and we rebalance quarterly or firms that say all we do is find the best managed mutual funds or firms that only buy individual stocks i like all those areas for different pieces i like to have my individual stocks when i'm looking and screening for dividend increasing stocks yep i like my index funds for large and mid cap and i like my managed funds for international emerging markets and any of the alternative spaces um, so I like them all, and depending on what macroeconomic environment, I'll overweight or underweight in those different strategies based on what the, the macro environments tell me to do. I knew one fund manager or portfolio manager. He had nine different scenarios, market neutral, market cold, market hot, and, you know, what type of stock do you want? Growth, value, income, and, like, he, he had these little boxes that allocated everything for him. I thought that was a little bit too uh, rigid, but... But that said, if it works for him, it works for him. Well, now what are you doing? Are you market positive but interest rates declining? Are you market positive but interest rates increasing? There's so many different scenarios you can go. You have to set an investment policy, though, that says in any asset class, you can only maximum overweight to a certain percentage or maximum underweight to a certain percentage so you don't end up being wrong because of your internal beliefs or emotions at the time. Uh, for example, you know, rarely am I going to take more than, than have if, if things look bad – I'll shift asset allocation, but I don't want to have more than a lot of, say, 20% in cash. Because that's when you, when you go over those limits, that's when you're typically wrong. Speaking with CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money invested, and more. Tonight, CFP Chad Burton, who you just heard, is going to be doing a webinar. He's going to be tied towards alternatives and retirement products that you could use to produce income in retirement. You can find out more information about tonight's webinar at newfocusfinancial.com. Black Show. Welcome back in. Rob Black here. My name is Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. Good morning. Thanks. Doing fine, thanks. Good, good. Now, holiday season. Are you paying attention to Wall Street at all, or are you starting to think more about the Yule log? 
um, paying attention to all the snow I've had to shovel out of my driveway here in Chicago. <laughs> and it's <laughs> snowing as we speak, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know as it relates to Wall Street, I think we saw uh, last week anyway some semblance of people uh, starting to pack it in and uh, and you know move into holiday mode. Um, you know, a lot of discussion was last week that the market had the problems that it did because there was a fear of the tapering and, and whatnot. Frankly, you know, we think it had more to do with just simply locking in some of the gains, uh, some very strong gains from 2013, perhaps a little bit of uh, tax loss selling activity that was also impacting the uh, the broader averages. And, um, and so we didn't make a whole lot of that. And so when we saw the, the nice rebound yesterday, that pretty much confirmed our thesis that uh, it was more profit-taking and and uh, and little else last week. I moved to California 14 years ago and haven't had to shovel a driveway since. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, throwing it out there in case you want to come on out and be a little more productive with your life. Well, I used to live in Long Beach for a while, so I know uh, all about the uh, the not so uh, uh, white Christmases in Southern California. <laughs> very very cool. Um, let's talk a little of Fed Reserve. This seems to be one of the very few stories that are like getting any sort of you know traction or gription uh, on Wall Street today. Uh, Fed tapering announcement this week? Yes, no, maybe so? Right. Uh, we think so, right? Uh, okay. It's a minority opinion. Um, uh, there's a – but admittedly, you know, it is a very close call, you know. Um, the reason why we think they could go, uh, you've got the budget agreement. Um, and that removes one of the headwinds they talked about in September as related to uh, some fiscal problem, uh, you know, fiscal uncertainty. You clearly have the improvement in the labor market, and the Fed has been really hitting home on the idea that they're watching labor market trends very closely. Um, one thing here is that this is the last press conference that we'll have until March, um, so there's a, a pretty decent-sized gap. Uh, if you're going to taper in January uh, or February uh, and there's no press conference to go with it, you're clearly going to want to explain the thinking that went into that committee's decision. And so the opportunity to do that is, is the here and now, right? Um, sure. You also have a market that is, is, frankly, hanging in remarkably well as the case for tapering has gotten stronger. Um, you know, high-yield spreads are at, I think, record lows. You have the S&P 500 that recently hit a record high. Uh, and I think the Fed Funds futures market is still very well-behaved and not uh, really moving forward a first rate hike uh, out of the Fed expectation. And so uh, that all goes toward I think playing into the Fed's idea that they've been successful in communicating this message that a tapering is not a tightening, and at the same time it goes toward the idea that the market is growing more comfortable, that the Fed, even though they're going to taper uh, very soon here, um, is that, you know, they're not going to hit the brakes, right? They're not going from $85 billion to zero. They're probably going to go from $85 billion to maybe $75 billion or $70 billion in monthly purchases. And it's a slowdown that the uh, that the market can, you know, more than likely tolerate, uh, provided that the economic data, you know, remains on track here, uh, uh, that we've, you know, a track of improvement that we've been seeing for several weeks now. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com, I read his column, each and every morning to start my day, um, try to glean a little bit of information from it. 2014, it, it seems to be the, the story that we're pursuing right now, Pat, is uh, can we continue these gains? Um, it's been a pretty good run. 
It has been a really, it's been an extraordinary run. Uh, you know, can we continue the, the types of gains we saw in 2013? Probably not. You know, that's asking a lot. Um, you know, I went back and looked at, uh, you know, stock market returns uh, since 1929, the S&P 500 returns, and, uh, and it's unusual for the S&P 500 to increase 10% or more for three consecutive years. Uh, it's actually only happened in three instances uh, over that period, from 1942 to 1944, from 1949 to 1951, and from 1995 to 1997. So it's not without precedent. You could still have a really another gangbuster year here, but, uh, but historically, you, you haven't tended to see that. So we think, uh, in all likelihood, you'll have a more uh, modest return, you know, maybe on the order of 6 to 7% in 2014, due in large part to the understanding that we had earnings growth in 2013 of about 5 to 6%, and yet the S&P 500 rose as much as 27% this year. So what we think when we take that in consideration is the market has effectively pulled forward some of the return uh, from 2014 into 2013, and we think things might uh, be a little bit more um, deliberate in terms of the pace of gains that we see in the year ahead. Good calls, good opinions. What's the negatives out there? What's the thing that turns 2014 from a okay year, good economy, good pickup? Are there any warning signs that you see? Inflation, maybe Kim Jong Il Un. What's what's lurking potentially? Yeah, right. Well, you know, you're not seeing inflation. Certainly, uh, we saw that in the CPI data this morning. Um, you know, inflation still remains very well behaved. The market's expectations for inflation still remain well anchored. Um, one of the risks, you know, as it relates to the inflation factor, it could be a continuing trend of disinflation. Um, per chance leading to deflation. You know, that's that's a potential risk here because you'd have the Fed who presumably is going to start pulling back on its asset purchases uh, because it feels the economy is getting better. Now, the, uh, if, if long-term interest rates uh, become unmoored and they spike in the wake of that um, decision, uh, that could be problematic and it could uh, basically uh, keep demand down and lead to these lower prices, and then you kind of have a whole mess of things to think about because you have the idea that the Fed has mismanaged the exit process. Uh, you have the concern that you might be running toward a deflationary environment, uh, and that could potentially push you back into a recession. Um, and you just, you know, have this idea that uh, uh, the that frankly the economy isn't living up to the bullish expectations that have been priced in in 2013. So just, you know, those are some things out there. But, you know, from our vantage point, we think the two key risks uh, that could upset the market outlook would be a geopolitical event uh, that's certainly outside of the central bank's control um, and or a, a spike in long-term interest rates, you know, that we we basically shoot right through 3.5% on our way to 4%, uh, and uh, and then the market starts to move forward its its rate hike expectations out of the Federal Reserve. So um, so that would be problematic, we think, and could, uh, could interfere with an otherwise uh, decent outlook for 2014. 
Speaking with Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst of Briefing.com. You can find them at Briefing.com. He writes an article each and every morning to open the markets with, in my opinion, the best written out there. Um, just thought-provoking. You find things to talk about. What are you looking at at this point in time as far as you're not, you haven't shared with us yet that we need to know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have to be uh, looking at the Federal Reserve, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, I talked about a little bit earlier, you know, reasons why they, you know, why we think they, they have a case to go ahead and taper in December. But, you know, I should I should acknowledge that there's, you know, an ample reasons for them not to taper tomorrow as well. And if we have time, I can enumerate a few of them. Um, in particular, you know, you're probably going to have Q4 GDP growth that's in the order of 1% to 1.5%. That's certainly not great. Uh, we have inflation that is still too low. It's falling below the Fed's target of 2%. Um, there are worries about, you know, liquidity concerns at year end if the Fed, uh, you know, creates some disruption by by tapering and rate spike. Um, you have the debt ceiling debate, which has not been settled, even though we have a, a framework for a budget agreement. There's still that debt ceiling overhang that cre- could create some waves in Washington that the Fed might be a little bit concerned about. And and frankly, from our opinion, you can't put tapering back in the bottle, right? I mean, the market, uh, if it keeps saying, look, if, if we taper and then we see the economy slowing, we're going to come back and we can buy more, right? Um, and I think that kind of wishy-washy perspective, if you have to fall back on that uh, approach, is going to uh, really hit the credibility of the Fed in terms of, you know, uh, its management and its understanding of economic trends out there, and that could be disruptive. And we think the Fed's going to be want to be, you know, very certain that it's got a really strong case to start this tapering process so that it does not have to go back to the quantitative easing well uh, in 2014. So those are all factors that could keep the Fed on hold here in December. Uh, but we still, again, to reiterate, we, we would fall to that minority opinion that we think they will go ahead and initiate a small tapering uh, at tomorrow's uh, FOMC meeting. It's going to be fun to watch, to say the least. It's spoken well for a financial nerd like myself. It's, <laughs> I've been speaking with and appreciate speaking to Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Analyst, Briefing.com. Thanks for giving us a call. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's Patrick O'Hare. Briefing.com provides independent live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. You can find him at briefing.com. He writes what's called page one. Uh, of course, he's contributing throughout various uh, iterations of some of their publications through the day. Uh, they do a lot of short trading. They do a lot of volatility trading, technical uh, momentum trades, stock ideas, value ideas, industry insights. It's a pretty good publication. Uh, you can find them at briefing.com. You can find me at robblack.com or Twitter Rob Black Show. It's Twitter Rob Black Show. We'll be doing an event tonight on a webcast. For more information about that, you can go to newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Orders in New York. I'm Susanna Palmer. The Fed holds a... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. 
It'll be an interesting couple years in Washington, D.C. President Barack Obama is ending his fifth year in office with the lowest approval rating at this point in presidency since President Richard Nixon. Um, President George W. Bush was widely uh, not approved, but his rating only fell to 47%. And all other post-World War II presidents had approval ratings above 50%, with the exception of Nixon. Um, interesting, right? When you start breaking it down, most people don't approve of the handling of the economy. 34% approve of how congressional Democrats are handling their jobs. 64% disapprove. That's enormous. The Republicans aren't getting any better of it either, though. 24% of Americans approve of how Congress is being run by Republicans. 73% disapprove. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. So what's crafted out of Washington can certainly you know, have an effect on Main Street and Wall Street for sure. You know, if you're not well approved, you tend to give things away. You know, if everyone hates you, it's going to be a little bit more generous to the people out there. You don't let them eat cake. You give them cake and you throw a party as well. Um, so I find that kind of interesting. It's going to be an interesting couple of years because uh, forever, gridlock in Washington, D.C. was actually an investable theme that... that Republicans versus Democrats was actually a good thing. Now we're finding it more obnoxious. We're finding the Republicans split amongst themselves, not particularly effective in the economy. It's now, you know, a lot of people screaming at each other. Disney had a good year this year. Disney's Frozen has earned $164 million at the box office. Uh, Disney announced today that it's broken its $1.5 billion domestic box office record that it set just last year. It became the first studio to reach $1 billion in 2013, and they hit $2 billion internationally for a fourth consecutive year. Uh, it's been a good year for Disney. Uh, listen to some of their films. Of course, you know, like Disney's Pixar's Monsters University. That was a big one, $476 million internationally. Um, you get Thor, The Dark World, that pulled in $423 million internationally. Uh, you get you know, Iron Man 3, that certainly did nicely for the company as well. Even I saw that one, and I thought it was the biggest piece of crap. It was a crap sandwich. It was awful. It was, there was nothing redeeming about it. It was just Robert Downey Jr. flying around in suits. That's what it should have been called. Uh, crap sandwich, the return of Iron Man. That's all it needed to be for me. Um, Disney, they also had a movie called Oz. How do you think Oz did? did pretty well. The um, Great and Powerful. It didn't seem like it did that great. I don't know a person who saw it or who admitted to seeing it. Uh, that pulled in $493 million worldwide. Not too shabby, huh? Mega Million Dollar Jackpot tonight. Someone's got to win. I literally call this the stupid person tax. And the reason why, you will likely play. I know you will likely play. And I know you will lose. You will voluntarily give our government money. Now, when it comes down to taxes, you're like, I don't want to pay taxes. Okay, so instead of paying taxes, do Mega Millions jackpot. $586 million. And if you win, come laugh at me. Okay? That's fine. But I refer to it as a stupid person's tax. Uh, they even changed the way the game's played this year. So the odds of winning are so low, there's no real reason to play. But people find it fun to do so. 
you know, certainly if I won, you know, I would instantly buy an island and I would instantly be king of that said island and I would have only hot women live on island and men under five foot five. Because no beautiful, hot, sexy woman's attracted to a man five foot five or shorter. Um, then I would start my own basketball league on this island of short men and beautiful women, and I would be the dominant starting center, coming in at six foot two inches. Rob Black. And everyone would go Rob, and I'd actually probably lower the nets probably by a couple inches. So I could slam and dunk and do things that are fun and sexy that multi. 100 millionaires are able to do. So go ahead. Um, play the Powerball. I, Mega Ball, whatever. Mega Millions. If the lottery isn't hit tonight, it's going to be a massive one, the next uh, drawing that they do. So it'll be the biggest one ever. And again, you know who's going to win. Some 80-year-old, 85-year-old woman who's about to die. Uh, she's going to leave it all to her cats. It's going to be it's just mocking the whole humanity that we all want to enjoy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, boy, the Lions choked last night. That's interesting to note. Not really, but kind of. Cost of living in the United States was unchanged. Gasoline prices are falling. Uh, okay, that's kind of good. We're driving a little less. Facebook's going to launch video ad clips. Now, Facebook and Twitter are two companies that I don't really think have competition in social media. I think they're very unique, and I think they could steal from other people. They could build services that others have into their own. So Facebook's launching advertising clips on users' news feeds this week. How are you going to handle video feeds? I'll tell you what, who's a big winner is Verizon and AT&T. Because that's going to be sucking up some of your bandwidth, and you're not going to be happy about that. And your unlimited bandwidth isn't unlimited anymore, it's limited. Um, long story short, long story short, uh, you'll be able to scroll under a video feed, but it starts to change the experience for you. Um, that's something that's very important to Facebook. We'll see how their numbers hold up. Nine days till Christmas. Or eight and a half-ish. You're listening to me, Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Doing a podcast, a webinar tonight. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. It's a webinar tonight on retirement income. Learn more at newfocusfinancial.com. Christmas is here. Whether you're going to be there to celebrate in... Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Oh, it's that time of year. The stories do start to slow down ever so slightly. And we are positioning ourselves for 2014. There's angles where investors go, excuse me, um, I'm kind of done for the year. I'm just going to uh, dial in some profits. I'm going to book them, take them, raise a little bit of cash, start tapering my investments from Wall Street. I'm going to time the market. Cost of living, big story of the day. 
I don't know. It's unchanged. It's gasoline prices fall. To tell you that things aren't that great as far as stories go, there is an angle that the Federal Reserve is meeting, and maybe the next day or two, word starts getting out when the taper is going to start, or if the tapering has already started, or you get the idea. We're waiting for news. We're waiting for tangible to make investment decisions off of. It doesn't exactly feel scorching or blistering or uh, all that and more. I was watching, I know you're saying, tell me what you were watching on TV yesterday. Uh, Home Alone. And that is the most monstrous movie of all time. I know you're saying, no, one of those Saw movies where the, you know, you got to make a choice to kill one, someone and it's gruesome torture if you don't and it's gruesome torture if you do. But BB gun to the forehead, an iron to the face, a handling of a burning hot doorknob, a blowtorch to the scalp, uh, walking on Christmas morning, it's not so bad, a paint can to the face, a shovel to the back of the head. That little kid from Home Alone was a monster. He was a psycho. Just throwing it out there for you. When you're watching it this year, just know that Joe Pesci, uh, Daniel Stern, probably would have been dead. So just the, you know, iron to the face to start. Um, paint can with, you know, all that that distance of uh, speed and uh, the falling down uh, the stairs after taking a, an iron to the face or a BB to the head it would have fractured the face. So, the kid was a monster. So, next time you see Macaulay Culkin, I'm not going to say spit on him. But, anyway. 800-516-1220. Got an email from Victor. He's talking about my little angle on the lottery. He says, the rich man's joke is always funny. Um, I don't know. The whole lottery is just, don't do it. Don't buy into it. Don't give your money... There, well, somebody's got to win. So, don't be that person. Stop drinking diet soda and don't play lotto. So, there's not that much going on. We've got a lot. Here's an interesting story Starbucks mobile payments now about a third of transactions are prepaid. That's pretty impressive. Uh, they've done really well with the Starbucks card mobile app. The iPhone, the Android, the BlackBerry, uh, enabling barcode-based checkouts. Who knew that swiping your credit card was that much of a pain? But I guess it is. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Let's take a look at the market numbers this morning and see how we're doing. SP 500's down 8. Dow's down 39. NASDAQ down 16. 10-year treasury sits at 2.87%. Yeah, home builder confidence surges in the United States in December. Okay, that's kind of a story. I can buy into that one. Except for the fact that it's not an indicator that you can base anything off of. Home builder confidence bounced back strongly. A sign the construction industry may pick up. What you're looking for are permits. Permits are something you could base a decision off of. 
hearing that someone's happy, you can't. So, in a builder's views of sales conditions jump. They are remaining optimistic. Recent spike in mortgage interest rates has not deterred customers. Mortgage rates peaked in August at 4.6%. Since then, they've stabilized to come a little bit lower, 4.42% on the 30-year fixed. There is an issue of um, the number of homes being built not enough in the United States. They shut down for years and years and years during the recession. So they're playing a little bit of catch-up now. AT&T is selling its wired line business in Massachusetts to Frontier Communications. It's kind of a sad day. I know you're saying, that's not really all that sad, Rob. It is for me. I don't know, I just don't... When you start seeing technologies that you knew, when I was a child, telephones were wired into the wall. Right? Um, George Zimmerman, an original painting by George Zimmerman, found man found not guilty of second-degree murder and manslaughter. It's hit bidding on eBay of $99,000. Wow, right? Does that make any sense to you? Doesn't make any sense to me. So doing a webinar tonight. Uh, webinar being, you can get online; it's free. Going to talk about building retirement portfolios the last decades, ways to minimize taxes in retirement, a more low interest rate environment, rebalance on portfolio. How much safe money can you have? How much safe money do you need to have? Uh, issues along those lines and much, much more. Disney breaking all sorts of its domestic and international records. On top of that, Super Bowl, it's going to be in Wall Street's backyard. It's, I don't know if you've noticed yet, but it's going to be in New Jersey. Um, February 2 championship game, it's outdoors. Will we get snow at the Super Bowl? Year-over-year revenues with the Super Bowl are up 31%. That's some pretty good inflation. Super Bowl prices on websites range from $2,200 for in-zone seats to $10,600 for club-level seats. Can you imagine paying $10,600? You just basically are stupid at that point in time. I pity the fool. Um, it's a much better game on television than it is in person. But in person, you get to hang out with your uh, lowest common denominator friends that you don't typically hang out with. So hopefully, if you do shell out $2,000, $4,000, $10,000, that you get a game like last year's where it was close, you know, the Ravens and the Diners. Um, I don't know. Ice Storms hit the Super Bowl a couple years ago in Dallas. So it's not totally unprecedented of some weather issues, but if it snows on the field, people are going to freak out. And if we get a blizzard, people are going to freak out uh, because a lot of economic activity happens during those couple days. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Drop me an email, robertroblack.com. Doing bond alternative income investment strategy for retirement tonight. You can 6.30 to 7.30. You can learn more at newfocusfinancial.com.
Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So there's a company in Seattle called Jet Chevrolet. They did a promotion where if the Seahawks blinked the Giants, i.e. not letting them score at all, that they would give away an egregious amount of money to fans. They promised 12 people $35,000 a piece in drawing if the Seahawks shut out the Giants, and that's exactly what happened. The Seattle area Chevy dealer was smart enough, though, to get promotion insurance. It cost them $7,000. Otherwise, they would have lost $420,000. Wow. So they're still awaiting guidance from the insurance company. Someone at that insurance company is going to get fired, it's my assumption. Um... 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing more. Year-end stocks. Uh, it's been a good year. Economically speaking, it's been an okay year. Stock speaking, it's been a great year. SP 500 is down 7. The Dow is down 36. The NASDAQ down 13. Now, CFP Chad Burton from New Focus Financial. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. I think you got this email, so I don't know the name on it, but it says, I have zero debt. I own a $300,000 condo outright. I want to exactly brag about that. I have $210,000 in an IRS, $70,000 liquid, $8,000 to invest per month. $8,000 to invest per month. Goal is to guarantee income, $4,000 per month for life, so I can retire as soon as possible between the age of 40 and 50. I'm currently 34 years old. What do you recommend for me? How much are fees? Well, first of all, the condo is probably in Stockton, so that's a great, great, great condo in Stockton. Be nice. Um, could all right, could be a free month. This this email was interesting because a lot going on. Well, there's a lot going on, and part of it is just the understanding of the the time value of money, which is really important in terms of understanding how much you need to save for retirement. And the first concept that people need to get is inflation. Because inflation is really for the average retirement. That's kind of the boogeyman. You know, how, how much were my costs? Once I have a limited resource, which, resource, which is my nest egg, how long is this money going to last? And inflation plays a big part in that. A 1% move in inflation means you have to draw more out of your portfolio. And it, it, you have to sit and do the math. But trust me, if a 1% move up in inflation is more hurtful to a portfolio than a 1% move down in long-term growth rates. Because one is a draw and one is a growth. So you have to do the math to figure it out. But look, this guy's saying, I want, he's, he's making like $8,000 a month to invest now. Right. And he's saying he only wants 4000 a month to live in retirement. If 8000 a month is what, 96000 a year, right? That's what he has left over to invest, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. Right, yeah. It's a sizable chunk. He wants four k a month in income, i.e. about $50,000 a year in income. At age 50, retiring at age 40 to 50, right. $40,000 a year in income? Well, the first You're not exactly a swinger. No. And, and, okay, so the value of money is cut in half every 18 years with inflation at yeah. normal rates. So the first math you have to do is say, okay, to get 4000 a month in today's dollars, at age 50, he'll need $8,000 a month to maintain whatever that 4000 he thinks is going to buy him. Okay? Right. 
So then he has to realize that whatever vehicles he's saved in are typically pre-tax or there's embedded gains, and he has to pay Uncle Sam when he draws out. So then you have to say, okay, I actually need $11,000 a month to sell it out of my portfolio, pay taxes to net that eight grand. Yeah. Right? The next step, you say, okay, that $11,000 a month, that means you need about 137000 a year to live. Okay? And... So it, and the math is actually 11429 equates to 137143 a year to live. Now, at age 50, if you want your money to last till age 100, and you want to be able to make sure that you have the ability to draw a little bit more out each year for inflation, at age 50, a 50-year-old could only safely draw about 3.5% a year out of the portfolio. They have to leave, and this is assuming about a 6% growth rate. They, have, they can only draw 3.5% out a year to live because they have to leave the other 2.5% or more that they get in growth in there for future, future inflation costs because you could draw out a certain amount each year, and then it's going to increase every single year with inflation. So that person, to maintain that $137,143 a year that we just calculated, would need $3.9 million to be able to retire at age 50. And that said, you, you know... Think about that. And also, 33, he's putting away 100000 a year. He ain't going to hit the number. He, well, he might, but the problem is, does he want to? Does he want uh, that much of a drastic change? If he's a doctor making enough to save $8,000 a month, uh, does he really want that step down in the standard of living? Does he really realize the cost And he's a high earner money? right now. I question, like, put, I don't want to take my foot off the gas too soon. Right. Because when I do, I'm not going back to work. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you want that flexibility to be... So if you want to work, you can. If Once you I leave the high-profile career of AM radio, <laughs> getting back into it is not going to be the easiest thing in the world because that job will have been replaced. Yeah. Your voice will sound old. It'll be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Trust me, there's plenty of old people in this station. <laughs> I will be young for another 30 years, comparatively. Um, with that said, also, like, what if he's, like, 45 and has a heart attack? And, like, health going to be super expensive for him until the retirement years. nice thing about working is company covers your health care sometimes. Well, the, you, you really got to think about what you're going to do in retirement. A lot of people think they want to retire at 50, and then they – what are you going to do every day? What's going to make you happy? And sometimes that's still working in some way, shape, or form, or volunteering, or whatever it may be. The other thing is, is he talks about guarantees 4000 a month in income. The only thing you can get in terms of guaranteed income is buying life annuities from insurance companies. You don't want to do that at all-time interest rate lows. You do not want to do that. So doctors get sold a lot of product. They have to be really careful, make sure they're working with a fee-based fiduciary, you know, CFP. CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Amazon.com in the news, as they always seem to be, right? Gift givers searching online for kids and children's presents. A lot of people tend to jump straight towards Amazon.com and try to find out what the hot present is. I personally prefer online shopping to going out to real stores. Just don't like the experience anymore of dealing with parking and dealing with people, dealing with crazy people, dealing with crazy people at Christmas, dealing with stressed people. I literally was at one of the happiest places on the world in the world this weekend, and I saw parents. They're so stressed out. They're screaming at their kids. I'm like, stop! Like, don't go out of here. It's going to be this stressed, in my opinion. So Google is going to go after a company called Nest. What does Nest do? Nest does that smart thermostat. It's too expensive right now. 250 bucks for a smart thermostat. People aren't feeling that comfortable. Um, but 
Google's going after a product called Energy Sense. They've been collecting some volunteers for the energy saving products it's building. This isn't Google's first attempt at an energy saving device. They had a power meter a few years ago, which was a web dashboard that showed consumption in homes. Each calls in the air, it's 800 1220. It's 800 1220. Coming up, we're going to be talking to the IRS. We're going to be talking about last second things to do wisely and smartly with your money. Take a break here, I'll be right back. Please call one eight. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Trying to do the simple things to get you to retirement. I'm not promising you millions in a couple of months. I'm promising you millions in 40 years if you do the smart things. Maxing out your 401k, for instance. Joining me now to talk some of these issues, Rafael Tolino with the IRS. How are you, Rafael? Hi, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. You and I go way back. We used to do business radio together. You took a left turn, went to the IRS. I took a right turn, and, well, I stayed in the, in the medium. Um, so it's good to have you back. It's good to talk to you again. Yep. Well, those were good days and a uh, good chance to reminisce. Uh, I was real fortunate to do that up there and uh, on the same frequency many years ago, and uh, it was fun stuff. Good, good. Now, you're a spokesman for the IRS. What does that mean? Uh, public affairs. So you uh, do a lot of communications internally, externally, social media now, a lot of that. Uh, relationships with the media, so uh, lots of interviews and uh getting the word out there in terms of uh, providing tax information so folks can uh, understand better and do things and, and know things about taxes. And, uh, you know, most of, the, most of it's busy time for for at least myself as a communicator, uh, you know, later on toward the year through April, uh, January to April especially, but and a lot of folks in the agency are busy, you know, 365. But uh, uh, certainly it's, uh, I'm fortunate to have this position and uh, glad I'm here. You and I were speaking yesterday and just catching up, and you brought something up, Rafael, that really kind of threw me a little bit. You said that sometimes you go on shows and people are confrontational with you, and I was like, wow, that's got to totally suck, where you're the bad guy. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that angle, obviously some right-wing... You know what? It's not necessarily maybe confrontational. Well, that does happen, or it has happened, but it's more just because of the fact that, hey, you're from the IRS, and, and uh, just... That by in and of itself puts you behind the eight ball, so to speak. But I, you know, I try to add some laughter and some levity, and try to make sure that we have some fun with the topic and let folks know that uh, you know certainly taxes are part of what we're supposed to do. And you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of good folks in the agency and a lot of help to be had here. And there's no reason to have that I don't know, overlying fear that a lot of folks seem to have. I understand it, but uh, perception sometimes is reality, and hopefully we can. Uh, continue to let folks know it's not quite as you might seem to think it is. You know what I mean? 
I do, I do, and I always approach four out of five days on a happy level because uh, it's easy to do, and I approach the IRS on a happy level because they're there to resolve and help, not to uh, persecute a person. Right, and that's cool, a happy level. I'm going to keep that in mind now that you present it that way. We can't all have good days all the time, so we do have bad days on occasion. But anyway, let's talk about 2013-2014, the calendar year starting to wind down. Uh, what should people start thinking about, taxpayers start thinking about as the year is starting to tick down? Well, you could do some things here with the last couple weeks or so, two and a half weeks we have here, to save a few bucks when you get to your 2013 return when you file next year. But you know, some of the things to, to think about are those. How can I reduce my taxes? Because no matter... Who you are or where you are, you should take advantage of everything in the tax code, so to speak, to reduce your bill. Don't pay any more taxes than you need to pay, and by all means, take advantage of whatever's there for you legitimately, of course, to also increase your refund. So uh, take a look at where you are in terms of uh, uh, what you're paying. So, for example, how can you reduce it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So you can do to make charitable contributions this time of year to reduce your tax bill. Where you are with your investments, do you maximize your retirement accounts? Have you done that? Can you look forward to doing that in 2014 if you didn't do it in 2013? Uh, Things along those lines that you might want to uh, just consider uh, as you move forward to reduce uh, the taxes you pay. Take advantage of the deductions and credits that are there. Did you pay for college? Are there uh, deductions and credits available to you based on that, tuition and fees, American Opportunity Tax Credit, uh, all your medical and, and dental expenses, do you itemize in a Schedule A, all those things, those things against the wall, so to speak, see what's there and uh, do what you can to reduce that bill uh, with the few days we have left. And then when you turn to 2014, good record keeping is always a good idea. So if you can gather things up, not only for substantiation, but so you don't miss anything, it always serves as a, as a good reminder. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, sure. I do something I would do something that you're going to laugh at. I've got a shoebox that all my paper receipts go in, yeah. whether it's a charitable contribution, whether it is a survey that I get from the Cheesecake Factory that gives me a $10 deduction on my next uh, meal. I save everything paper in a shoebox, and then I give it to my accountant and say, you figure it out. And um, he loves that. He thinks that's the coolest thing that I do. Um, I don't have a, a fancy system, just a shoebox. Neither do I. I've got a file folder that I shove things in throughout the whole year, and then come right around January when I start getting my W-2s and 1098s and those things, I take things out and take a half hour or an hour and sort through it, see what's there, see what's pertinent, see what I need, see how it fits. And then when I get ready to file my return, I've got it all set up. A lot of folks have more elaborate systems. I'd imagine if you do a lot of stock trading or day trading or you have a small business and you've got all kinds of movement. I'm sure you've got computer records. Sometimes you have paper records. And organization of that, I I would have to presume for a lot of folks who have all that, is key to making it much easier when you have to file and, and do all the paperwork and the responsibilities you have based on taxes and the such and running a business and having that kind of thing. So uh, uh, whatever is best for you, shoebox, file folder, elaborate system, all computerized, whatever works. Speaking with Rafael Toledo, IRS spokesperson, um, let's talk about retirement contributions. I think it's the easiest way to get wealthy, Rafael, not day trading, but maxing out your 401k, your IRAs. What are the limits this year and are they changing? Yeah, I like that. I think your opening was cool. We're not going to make you millions overnight. We're going to make you millions over 40 years. It's a pretty good thing to say because it really is uh, 
true for most of us, right? But the, sure. the max IRA contribution is 5500 this year, and that's 6500 if you're age 50 or older. So there's a catch-up provision of $1,000 if you're age 50 or older. Then the maximum contribution to a, uh, a pension a deferred retirement plan, such as a 401k, 403b, uh, is seventeen thousand five hundred, and that's twenty three thousand if you're fifty or older. And there's a fifty five hundred dollar catch up provision there. So you have a lot to consider when you're taking that money and moving it towards your retirement. It's always a good thing to consider. That's less of your money being taxed at the present, and then depending on how you roll things around, uh, you could have uh, you could have a tax. Obviously, when you pull it out of contributions, but depending on how things work for you and how you set up your financial picture later, of course. You can also deduct uh, IRA contributions, uh, so you have that working for you too, depending on your how you work and how much money you have, and if you have other accounts and all those things. But uh, retirement plan uh, planning arguably is really important for a lot of us, and from what I know and understand, I'm sure you preach, uh, man, that's something you really want to do. One of the things that I did this year, Mr. Tolino, was I started a charitable phone fundraiser where people can give me their old cell phones. I would wipe them and I would give them to charity in their name. I would give them a form so that they could deduct it from their taxes. Um, it's good for recycling. It's good for the you know the local schools which have taken a beating that are nonprofits in the Bay Area. Um, what do we need to know about charitable contributions and the right forms and the right charities to work with? Right. So charitable contributions, you want to make them before, on, or before the end of the year, so December 31st. You want to give to a qualified public charity, and you always want to keep a paper trail, uh, even if it's just a few bucks if you're given to church every week uh, try to get that that paper trail one as i mentioned for substantiation in case you ever ask but for two so you have that reminder in front of you so you know what you can legitimately deduct if your goal is that legitimate deduction you want to do those things you also want to consider um, that you have to itemize on an irs schedule a in order to benefit so as a taxpayer for a filing status that you get when you file your return and there's five of those, the most popular being single or married filing joint, you get a, uh, a number you can deduct as a standard deduction. Well, if you itemize in the Schedule A, which include your charitable contributions, your medical and dental expenses if you have those, mortgage interest, uh, other miscellaneous expenses that go on that Schedule A, if the Schedule A is greater than your standard, then you want to take the Schedule A and reduce your taxes that way. And most of us here are homeowners here in California, just by the interest itself usually kind of kicks us into being a Schedule A person or uh, itemizer, so to speak. So you have to be itemizing on a Schedule A in order to benefit for making charitable contributions. That's important to note as well. And then if you're above certain thresholds in terms of the amount that you give, uh, you might have to uh, get an appraisal, for example, if it's over $5,000. You have to form a form, 40, form 8283, I believe, off the top. Uh, you will need that for certain amounts that you give. But uh, it's, it's just important to know all these uh, if you're going to make a donation. If you're donating a car or a vehicle, there's special rules there. Uh, you get the idea that uh, you know, if you're in that position, uh, certainly take a look at those just to be sure uh, so you know what goes on your return is uh, correct and, and legitimate and accurate. So. Thanks very much. It's Rafael Toledo with the IRS giving us some last-second deductions that we should start to work into our financial experience so that we can maximize our income and legitimately give as little to the federal government as we have to within legal reasons. Uh, again, make your charitable contributions always a good idea. Um, you could do some write-offs tied towards your winterizing of your home. 
uh, cold streak hit the Bay Area. That cold streak left us, you know, going, oh, good God, my energy bill is going to be expensive this month. New windows, uh, new uh, insulation, furnaces, uh, all could be tied towards a deduction. Check investments with, you know, uh, your portfolio to make sure that you can deduct capital losses. This is the time of year where a lot of people, you know, sell some of their losers of the year to offset some of their gains of the year. So I think the most important one is contribute to a retirement plan. There's a little-known credit for people who make under $59,000 a year. If you save, you can save up to $2,000 as a saver's credit. I love that story, that angle. Anyhow, anyway, that's Rafael Tolino with the IRS talking year-end to-dos. If you want a list of those year-end to-dos, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Meeting today, and investors are watching to see if policy may Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Always found this voice to be groaning, whiny, miserable. Is he serious? He did not just say that. I can hear basically yelling at me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Are you excited as I am? The voice is finally coming to a close. Who's going to win? I don't even know who's playing the game. I don't have a lot of chance for television anymore. Uh, that's the funny thing as you get older, some of the things that you swear by, you just absolutely lose. The average American watches over three hours a day of television. We know that. But now we also see things like Facebook clocking in and taking up some of our time. And time's just seriously limiting, in my opinion. And uh, some of our old habits are dying pretty fast. Facebook's going to start launching video ads, and I think it's going to piss people off. Right now, the user experience is like, wow, I get all this. It's like I told you. Someone sent me an email a couple weeks ago, and I posted my podcast with commercials in. Usually, I cut them out, then I post it. The radio station has a podcast of the show at kdow.biz with commercials in. I kind of give you both options. Do you want the commercials in? Do you want the commercials out? So this guy emails me, and he's like, I had to listen to your podcast today with commercials. If this ever happens again, I will never, ever, ever listen to you again. That's kind of the sick world that we've turned into, this entitled world of we feel like we want, we deserve. And that's what's going to be interesting about Facebook is the experience is going to change. And I think some people are going to be freaked out by it. Clips last for up to 15 seconds. An advertising, an advertiser wants to you know, reach all Facebook users between 18 and 54. They might have to pay $2 million you know, per day for that company, which, like all free sites, draws most of its income from advertising, raised its income from the source in the third quarter of the year, and it's, it's going to be rising, and that's a nice story on Wall Street. So I, I'm always freaked out by how many Americans think that they can bully other Americans. It's pretty sad and tragic. Yesterday I did a story on Katie Kirk coming to Yahoo, and 
that's a big story for ABC, NBC, CBS, because we used to broadcast media. Now we're streaming media. And that little subtlety in the world of licenses, billions and billions of dollars, just that little subtlety, it's big business. And I said, Katie Kirk, she's 55, 56 years old. She's old for an anchor woman in, the, in television. She's old, and people got angry. You can't call a woman old. Yes, I can. In this industry, the average age of an anchor is 34 years old. The average salary is $42,000 for a news anchor. She more than you know puts 18 plus years on that. Now, if you turn on Fox Business, it's it's and you see the leg cam, you're like, are they really getting away with that, right? Uh, do you know how TV networks get away with not age discrimination? They give two-year contracts. So every two years, your contract's up, and they just decide not to renew you when you, you kind of hit the wall. It's not age discrimination; it's your contract's up. We're going a different direction. So it. So people got angry at me. A couple of people contacted you know, my bosses and said, he called women old. He called an old woman. And like, she is in this industry. And people should be entitled to their, their free speech. But yet, we are so entitled as a nation, we think that our opinions matter each and every time. And it, it, they don't. And people can have opinions that differ from yours. Mohammed El Arian, he's an asset manager at PEMCO. Uh, his firm has just taken a beating, a beating with lower interest rates. He's out there yet again talking about, you know, I see the chance of the Fed taper 50 to 60% this week. Um, I really dislike hearing him and Bill Gross speak at this point in time. I like Bill Gross as a writer. I like, you know, some of the thoughts he puts down about the economy. But it's so self-serving to say, you know, this is what the Fed's going to do. And what he's not saying is we spend a lot of money advertising so we can get to his clients so we look smart. And we haven't looked that smart recently. And then Muhammad Al Arian, he's he's got that big set of teeth, and he starts talking about the Jets, and it's like over, so over self-serving media people. Um, home builder confidence highest in four months. That's nice to see. Google and HP said they're recalling the power supply charges for Chromebook 11 laptop computer due to fire hazards. Um, I don't know, a little extra fire around the house. Bad thing, I suppose, right? 145,000 Chromebook units that were sold by Best Buy and via Amazon.com and Google's and HP shopping sites. Um, so you should look into that if you've got a Chromebook 11. Two budget deal advances in the Senate. Two-year budget deal advances in the Senate. A procedural motion on the two-year agreement drew 67 yes votes and 33 no votes. Um, I don't know. Right, that's good news and bad news. They're going to spend more money, and that should help our economy. And again, don't underlook that. A lot of people look at me and they say, answer the question. What's the market going to do next year? And I could answer it within reason, but there's always curveballs that you never see coming, and the floor will drop out of them, and we swing and miss sometimes. Um, HP was raised to an outperform today, uh, but challenges remain for the company. Uh, we are seeing personal computers being sold. We are seeing an improvement in the printer market, HP. Well, it's nice to see. Again, am I going to jump up and down and act like I've never been here before? No. Um, nearly 800,000 fewer properties are underwater, so things are improving. That still leaves about 13% of all properties with mortgages underwater, negative equity. It was the fringe areas where people went to buy real estate as an investment that got hit the hardest. 
Nevada has the highest percentage of mortgage properties in negative equity at 32%. That's one out of three mortgages, negative equity. Florida, 28.8%. Arizona, 22.5%. Negative equity is underwater, upside down. It shows that the borrower owes more than the house is worth. Tune in. Watch me on Channel 4 Cron in 15 minutes as I do an update on the markets. Tune in tonight, 6.30 to 7.30, as CFP Chad Burke and myself talk bond alternatives. You can sign up for the webinar at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com at 6.30 to 7.30 tonight. Subscribe to YouTube channel Rob Black Show or follow Rob on Twitter. Handle Rob Black. For new residential customers. After promotion, regular rates apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees including broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.